0: Hey guys, welcome back. It is uh Pastor Syrup the Agents Movement Initiative podcast. This week I'm joined by three magnificent guests. Sorry, two magnificent guests and Joe Perry. Um so Joe is Mr Wales. Everyone knows him as fine in country Wales. He is uh known for the best smile in a state agency 2019 and 2020. Uh he also owns the Archer and Co business. Uh, magnificent operator. Joe, how's it going mate?
1: very good thank you Ben very very good indeed so to, just saying to Alex we can almost wave to each other with Alex being over the seven over there in Bristol but uh it's another sunny day as always here in Wales so thank you for that
0: as always in Wales actually you know the last time I visited you it was beautiful weather as well it's something about this relationship um so next we've got Alex Alex Tan from Andrews who uh from my show notes has nearly 20 years in a state agency um lifer good luck you know think about you know if this is really what you want for your life but also currently um going for property mark vice president is that right Alex how's life tell us a bit about that
2: that is correct i didn't get as much as a nice intro as joe but let's go with it that's fine <laughs>
0: joe, 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 joe the issue is that i just got a massive crush on joe and joe oh, knows this go? It yes. goes both ways the way with that bit. I can, feel tellin- the listen, love.
2: Tell- I can feel the love
0: the, the major issue is if i if we introduce the show and i do what i just did with joe to women then i just get typecast i'm that guy <laughs> so i have to do the flirting with the men otherwise i get attacked so I'm Alex, Alex. Good. i was Alex, just like the best you smile so in you bristol up. Thank us. you, there we I'm go. Gonna bring, I'm going to bring up the camel toe soon, Ben, so don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, please do not do that. Sorry, Alex. Please do not do that.
2: So moving on swiftly, about me going for vice president of NENA um, with Property marks. So vote Team Tan. Voting does close on the 28th of June. So if you are a member, please vote for me.
0: So I'm just really quick, because I'm I'm not a member and I think lots of us aren't. We have no idea what this is. What what what, we, what what are you going for? What, it's what an
2: it honor for? and a privilege. So what the the actual um, term of the presidency? If you like, you start as a vice president where you're learning the ropes and seeing obviously everything in action, how you can support property mark and its members. Then you go into the second year where you are president elect, and again you would probably step in if the president isn't able to make appearance at conferences, etc. And then your final year is the year. Of your presidential year so what it entails is being able to go to conferences meet with members and being able to be the brand ambassador if you like for property mark and its members and really try and for me i want to just try and see what the other them the members want and how i can obviously help and support them and raise the profile of property mark across the uk
0: very very interesting so If you've got someone like Biden ahead of you, you could find yourself stepping in a lot in year two to support Property Mark, right? Okay.
2: Absolutely correct. So,
0: In terms of airtime for Property Mark, why would an agent want to join Property Mark? What are the benefits?
2: I think there are a massive amount of benefits. I think that there's so many tools that people that are members don't really know about, but I would say that from our perspective, it's being able to be recognized that you have to have certain qualifications to be a member in our industry. You don't need any qualifications or a license to be an estate agent. You could just rock up and you could start your own agency tomorrow without any qualifications or any credit credibility. Whereas if you are a property Mart member, then you have to have that entry level, that criteria to be a member. So you obviously have, again, the credentials to say that you are the agent of choice and people should be using you. So it's being able to protect the customer as well, but there's so many different things that an agent can use as well. I mean, one of the things that we love is the helpline. So when we're looking at compliance and all sorts of issues that you can get engrossed in, they are literally there at your beck and call to be able to help and support you. So from big corporate agents down to if you're running your own business.
0: Okay, interesting. So property mark, you're welcome. Good airtime, good airtime, good pitch. Think about a vote for Alex. Um, and then finally, uh, Mr. Buckler, Chris Buckler, um, LinkedIn profile says, estate agent, uh, mentor, property geek. Um, so Chris is basically my brother from another mother. That's exactly what mine could say if I'd um, written a cool thing for LinkedIn rather than a boring one. Um, so uh, reasonably well-known business, and you're a part of Keller Williams for about six years. Don't really know. You want to tell us what's going on in your life, Chris? How's things?
3: Sure. Um, thank you, Alex. We'll put make sure your show, um, your link goes in the show notes so people can vote for you. I'm sure you're going to do that anyway. Um, okay. I am a property geek, right? So I'm sat in uh, our latest flip. Like I've flipped properties since I was 23. Um, and everything property I love. Right, my wife's an agent, so if you want to come around and be bored to death on you know listing integrity and how long you should put it on for, or um, how many photos to put on the portals, or um, how, do you write a, a description with a emotion versus you know this room has this and this like will bore you to death um, but I think that's pretty good as an agent right we we genuinely uh, we genuinely love it and yeah so I've been at Keller Williams for uh, six years a brilliant organization uh, I've learned so much from it and it's I think Alex used the the word earlier words earlier honour and privilege. It's it's been a great honor and privilege to be part of something that I, I truly believe is magnificent. Uh, but I, my last day's Friday. Um, I'm on to pastures new, which will kind of all be revealed. Uh, but I wish the guys at Keller the best of luck. And there is some um, extremely you know there's some brilliant stuff in inside of the the Keller Williams setup. Um, for me. Uh, I've done my time, I suppose, and I think there are other self-employed models out there that are going to evolve at a quicker pace and offer more of what the agents, the British agents, want right now, um, and that's why I've decided to to step away. But I wish them nothing but the best of luck.
0: Oh, there's so many, there's so many things I want to. We're so we're such a time frame. It. Firstly, I hope that's the before shot from your flip and not the after. No, this is um, this is that's done. This, this is
3: yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you can see, but I can do a little talk. Nice. Wow. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like it. I'm um, just, you, I'm going to take the bait. What, what is it that UK agents want that the current models are missing?
3: Um, I think support marketing tech. So support in terms of some agents who go to Chris, I, I love everything. I'm a great agent, but I'm really bad at sales chasing. Can someone take that on? Cool, okay, Um. from a self-employed point of view. Chris, I miss, you know, when I sit down my agents, I say, how many third-party referrals do you put through? And when they're chasing 10, 20-gram fees, that they get the majority of the fees, they don't care about all the applicants that come in that they could build a relationship with. They're maybe slightly more short-termists, so what can the tech do to support them on the back end with automation and, and journeys? And full marketing suites, right? Um. Agents, on the whole, not everyone, don't beat me up, are shy at marketing, right? They're really bad. And I know you boys are obviously with F&C, you get some world-class marketing with F&C, right? It's it's really, really good. And I think self-employed model uh, agents need to be provided with marketing that they can tweak, but not just marketing that looks aesthetically quite good. And I'm not saying, I was about to go off on refined magazines, I'm not that great. Um, <laughs> But what I'm going is, let's imagine you had someone writing the content like a Chris Watkins or a Simon Gates that knew proven return on investment for certain items. You had someone aesthetically make it look great. Agents could go in and go, right, I'll order that, that, and that. And if I know if I send those out over eight weeks uh, because they've been ghostwritten and presented really well, I should get a return. So I want to put, so I think more science behind it. tech enabled to so tech that lifts them up rather than takes away from them. And I'll probably talk about that with right move and a couple of our, our, our products today um, with automation, you know, ghost-written articles that go out for them. Um, and yeah, proper, proper support in terms of, and we talked about this off camera, a lot of the North American models, which are great. will be like, what's your, why, you know, where, where do you want to get to? And agents when they they've come to me over the past kind of six years and gone, I do not give a, damn about that yet. I just want to earn some dough before my wife divorces me. I've got six months of a runway. How do I go get stock? I'll I'll sort out, you know, if I want to build a, you know, donate to my school or do a bursary or fly around the world and do whatever once I've got some money. But the practicalities of estate agent to business owner are very, very different. And that support, um, from my view, agents don't necessarily know they need it when they go into the self-employed model. But the majority of agents aren't great business owners. They can get there, but they need handheld support. So, and I'll, I'll shut up in a minute, but if they go, Chris, I want to earn 100 grand and you go, brilliant. How much does that mean into actually your back pocket? And they go, what's the dividend? Can I offset my phone? That business ownership training, I think, is really important for anyone in the self-employed space. And I don't think it, it currently exists in any of the models out there.
0: Hey, so that, guys, we're out of time. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, that's the five minutes. As long
3: as I've got my little snippet, I'm off that. good
0: to see. <laughs> in, no, I mean, look, in post-production, don't worry, I'm going to edit out three minutes of that three and a half minute chat. So don't worry. Um, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Actually, I, I, I tend to agree with pretty much everything you said. So uh, the first couple of pieces are probably about making life easier for the agent when they first get involved, because those coming from an employee background would have had so much infrastructure and support surrounding them without realising it's invaluable from a marketing perspective. I love the concept of data driven marketing, you know, things that you can actually, you can track and prove there's a return on investment rather than a bias opinion. Everybody loves a magazine. Everybody loves this. Well, let's just get some science behind it. So yeah, I would kind of completely agree. And I went through a, my first business, the first few years. Um, yeah. You, you know, you don't get educated on how to to run a business. There's nothing at school that sets you up for that. So yeah, I think it's, you know, everything you said is right and will resonate really well. In particular, though, the cynical UK-based estate agent that doesn't behave like a North American estate agent, doesn't necessarily want to jump on the, the unicorns and the rainbows. They want to get down to the raw, hardcore, how do we make it work? So good luck with what the future holds. Let's get straight stuck into um topic number one. There's a few topics in estate state agency that I find really – I was going to say capture the imagination, but that would be complete bullshit. They don't capture the imagination. They just get the ranting really fired up, and they they <laughs> – yeah, there's, there's venting, there's ranting, there's, oh, end I wish a they could some time. imagination. So imagination
1: would be nice once in a while, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> it would. So Joe, let me come straight to you. move are, um, as always, they are in the trade press. Last week, they were featured. James Wyatt, really great agent. He's received, um, a communication recently to say, right, we've putting their prices up. Memory's gone blank, 15 to 17%, 17%, something like that. Yeah. We've had, we've had the same in the last month in our own business. Prices are going up, um, reason being blah, 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 blah. Um, and as usual, that making the trade press got a lot of feedback. The anti-white move groups have gone crazy once again. Um, Joe, what do you think? Right move and essential are completely unnecessary. Uh, they must do better. Where do you land on right move?
1: There is so much negativity around right move in this in this industry. And there are so many... If you, just, I was having a look at the boycott right move group uh, on Facebook, which is always a really entertaining read, it seems one of agents who love to moan about right move but don't do don't do much about it, um, which goes against the whole name of the group, I suppose. My view on <laughs> right move is yes, I, I, I don't agree with the price hikes all the time, and um, you know their their slender uh, profit margins, uh, you know, uh, not. But I have to say, I've got little issue with the right with right move fees I'm a, I'm a little bit of a minority i guess in the industry uh, my right move bills are astronomical yes they go up every every year um i don't mind particularly if i'm totally honest a couple of reasons why um like any trader i suppose it, when the when the cost of um when their costs go up any trader should put their costs up um, you know what does a a butcher do when the price of meat goes up they they pass it on and charge more what does a what does a timber merchant do that when the price of lumber goes up they pass it on estate agents our costs go up rents are going up if you're still on if you're still in rented premises uh right move Zupla goes up and up and up but agents seem to put their fees down is my is my experience uh certainly locally to here we've got agents putting their fees down we're coming up against 0.5 percent 0.75 percent we've put ours up um and i I'll, I'll come back i'm sure we'll have the fee discussion but keep, keeping it to right move the other thing is i don't know what people want right move to be what do people want right move to cost no one ever really comments on that what do they want it to
0: cost so is is this, is, so is this the argument right because people frame it as they're putting their fees up but they're not doing anything different they're not they're not innovating this is the this is the constant rhetoric but i honestly so where you're saying what do they want to charge or what's the what's what is the innovation that people are hoping for that justifies a higher price or is that just is it just is it nonsense are they just dressing it that way to have a have a rent because you know occasionally that happens in this industry
1: i don't think right move have innovated the site for a long time and i'm sure they'd argue otherwise but on the face of it it's been the same bloody website for for years and even the agent products have barely changed i'm not, not entirely sure what their developers do um, but i got to say, like, it's a huge barrier to entry. And this is why I say, what do people want it to cost? They want it to be £400 a month, £500 a month. If Rightmove is £500 a month, as Alex said earlier, there's no barrier to becoming an estate agent. There's no accreditation. There's no licensing. I think you used the, the phrase rock up. Anyone can rock up being an estate agent. The
2: technical term. Thank you, Jay.
1: If Rightmove was £500 quid, <laughs> I think each town would have twice, if not thrice, as many agents in it because anyone could rock up and we'd be facing low fees across the board because of the sheer number of agents because right moves is so cheap and there's no other barrier to entry. So that's why I don't have a huge issue with the prices going up because I think it keeps the competition on their toes and I think it keeps new competitors
0: out. That is... The first time I've ever heard anyone describe right move as a, a good thing for keeping competitors out. Um, you need to come and spend the weekend with me in London. I can assure you right move's not keeping the competition out, uh, but I guess from from location to location. Um, Alex, where do you are you, are you inclined to agree with Joe? Do you...
2: I think that Joe made some really valid points actually, and I would I would actually echo those thoughts. It's almost like it's a bit of a necessary evil. Maybe that's a bit harsh in terms of right move. And I know that, like, like you said, prices are going up. So naturally, they are going to overinflate these prices. But like you said, what have they actually got to show for it? They don't even send us calendars anymore. You know, there's a whole <laughs>
0: group Sorry. about the
2: calendars. So... You...
0: Yeah, I mean, as it happens, you know what? I'm going to give my notice. I cannot believe I don't get a fucking calendar anymore. <laughs> this is absolutely outrageous. It, it, is,
2: outra- it is outrageous. Those the calendars... Chinese
0: still send me a calendar every year. <laughs>
2: Oh, there you go we used to look forward to having that you know that goodie box from them with the calendars with the pens hiked at the price and don't even get that to show for it it's tragic but I think that like you said with the price so it is understandable but they just dominate and I would I'd love to be able to see in terms of what life would be like without it because it is the go-to and you have to have it so they can they can control so it is um a bit criminal in terms of the cost, especially if you're not a big organization and obviously you're a bit more of a startup. It's crippling, but it it is necessary.
0: Yeah. If it it's... turned off tomorrow, if right move disappeared off the planet tomorrow, what would the consumer do? Go to
3: Zoopla. Right. And then <laughs> Zoopla put their
0: prices yeah. up. They, in the they'd position. follow the stock. They'd follow where the properties yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They'd go down the high street.
0: Yeah, they will be back knocking on doors. They'd be, they'd be having a coffee in the office that no one visits anymore. Um, Good old days. As a high street agent, I, I'm allowed to say that. Um, Chris, what do you reckon? Did you say no one visits high street office? And no, that's fine. We've got uh, a lovely high mean? street office that um, uh, we do. You know people do visit us. Other agents come and borrow keys. You know, that,
3: uh, we've got to store the keys. So giving be back, do they? When they when they say, yeah, we'll pop back, <laughs> and then you see a board go up. So co- controversially. Um, I think right move is arguably one of the best return investments in the state agency, right? And you can you, I talk about I talked about marketing and being able to say, right, well, where do the majority of my leads come from? Um that's controversial. Here's the bit that I think is quite important about the calendars and, and, and what have you. It's the arrogant perception of right move that pisses people off, right? And I, if I arrogant? give you what no, so here's, I'll give you, I'll give an example. So um, I went to them five years ago. They called me in just, we'd, we'd kind of gone to Keller and I said, "This their CMO sat me down and said, what's your view of right move? I said, on a scale of one to 10, how honest do you want me to be? And he said, go for it, 10. I said, I cannot wait for the day you fail. He was like, wow, okay. And he said, why? I said, whether I own a um, you know, high street uh, office in, in the Midlands or you know, I've come to Keller and we're doing a big national piece, you don't treat me as the client. And and you don't care. And I said, you know, that you know, you, you need to jump on this discovery package because no one else in your town is gonna to have it. We go, brilliant, we all sign up for it. And then every other agent rings and goes, You're on this discovery package. Yeah, we've oh, how are you on it? Because we got excluded. Um, <laughs> problem, great. And so I said to them, listen, the biggest problem you have is perception, because your product's actually very, very good. They didn't have data scientists at the time, which I found crazy. So I said, listen, what I'd love to do is a video series with you guys talking about how you can increase fees, this, that, and the other. They said, yeah, we'll do it. Ended up messing me around. So I went to Zoopla, Zoopla said, yeah, come and do it next week. And they put me out. It was great um, promotion for me and PR, but it was really good for Zoopla because it shows on their advantage piece, they want to give back and help agents. Right move, messed around, didn't get it done for whatever reason. They probably didn't like me. They thought Matt Giggs was better and he's great. So go with Giggsie, But I boy, sort of get Giggs. it. I sort of get it. He wasn't available today. Actually. No, no, no. That's why they got me on in the knackered house. <laughs> but if you, if you don't evolve, if you don't change the best price guide, if you don't bring better product, if you don't actually get in front of your agency, how do we help you as an industry fees to go up or how do we give back? And then we do nick the calendars off you and everything else. It's a f-ing punch in the balls. It really is. And they don't necessarily, for me, I think it's a great product, a great return. I agree that um, with Joe, the product hasn't evolved. But the communication between Rightmove and, and agents is shocking. And they own that. They really, really do. And one of the final kind of bits for me is with booming, we had a chance to, to really knock them off their perch. Now, we didn't do it because, and I'm not saying it's necessarily my view, but the amount of times I heard people say, "I don't trust the Bruce boys," so I'm not going to sign up to it. Um, whether you agree with that or not, we had our chance, right? And we'll probably get another even with on the market. You could argue we had the chance, but either we shut up and work with them to increase the value and perceived value, or we challenge them again. But that this middle ground of all is a price increase. Run with Joe. Get, get your fees up right let's let's get a war for our clients let's let's take our industry from where it is to where it should be and right move are half a decent barrier i know they've offered this 250 a listing piece um but we can work with them when we don't and it's a shame so the the word
0: you've I, i've picked up on you that i've got in my notes that i i would just talk about is communication that you've you mentioned it for me that They, I have a belief that they want to position themselves as something, but they're actually something else. They want to position themselves as um, a business that's there to support agents, but actually they're a revenue generation machine and they shouldn't have account managers because their account managers very rarely manage accounts. The communication I get from my account manager is um, just want to do a quick review. And I know that review means within 30 days, there's a price increase. There's never a review midterm. So that's not account management. That's a, that's that's financial account management, maybe. And so I think if you think about human behavior, if you think about B2C, we were dealing with a consumer as a state agent. We need to be empathetic and communicate in an effective manner that allows us to bring the conversation forward. With right move, it's very B2B, B, but they're not handling it in, I think, in, 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 an, in an honest B2B fashion. Don't call your guys account managers when they're simply calling to say, I just want to let you know putting the price up next month. If you're more direct, more honest, more straightforward in that way, we wouldn't view you in the in the way that maybe we view our own clients. Um, and they've burned it, some bridges. I mean, they messed up with, uh, I guess, the, the, how they handled the sort of COVID lockdown piece. Um, and they didn't really do a great deal to pull, pull the industry back. Um, but actually, you know, the truth is from our perspective in London, the price of right move versus, I know you see some agents make the argument that right is more than my commercial rent, um, in terms of return on investment. It's always, always in London, been a fantastic source of buyer leads. It just has, does nothing for, um, prospective client generation, except the brand awareness piece perhaps, but, um, okay. That is, a, we're doing really well. We've got subject one knocked out of the park. Um, generally, agents don't like right move. Generally, you three do. I haven't done very well with guest selection here. We haven't got <laughs> someone who's willing to fight the other corner. Oh, wow. Can I, can I, just, I, say,
1: can I just say t- about the calendars? And I think <laughs> part of the problem is. is <laughs> it's as really important. We have created this monster that is now crippling us or attempting to cripple us, putting the fees up with all this merch that they used to send around. I mean, the calendars would arrive and they weren't allowed in the front office here. There's no, you wouldn't see a right move logo on our window and on our on our letterhead and our brochures. Nowhere. We do we do not promote right move at all. We barely mention right move in this business. So those those calibers would arrive and they go straight upstairs. They weren't allowed in the front office. But things like that, that's agents promoting and using that stuff is part of the problem.
0: Yeah. And I saw a really interesting, maybe you saw it. It was in the right, it was just one of those we hate Rightmove move groups. And the concept was. Um, always advertising on the market a few days in advance, put it on your on your social media, put it on your email communications. And Christian, right. We've had a couple of opportunities booming on the market. It, it's part of the least resistance. Let's tell it how it is. Right at the start, you said agents need more support. What you need is agents need an easier life. And that's what right move represents. It's an easier life. Mm-hmm. Just press a button, it's on and the leads will start coming in. So until there's a viable solution that is still very, very easy, we're not changing anything. Um, all right, subject number two. Um, Joe, you touched on um barriers to entry. If it's too easy, too many agents, fees get pushed down. The only industry on the planet where um I think we would rather reduce fees and reduce service and improve service and improve fees um as a way to win business. So purple bricks, they do love the news, don't they? Um stripe acquires purple bricks and um, new model, not new model. So they've announced that they are going to stick with the low fee model, and they are going to reduce price around the country for purple bricks. So, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Alex, i gonna come to you first. There's so much, there's as much chatter, if not more about purple bricks than right move. This strategy, let's buy a business, wasn't doing very well. And let's do more of the same at a lower revenue base. Is it just, you're an intelligent human being. Just talk me through it. What do you think?
2: Baffling. <laughs>
0: would probably be
2: the key word for me. I mean, Chris um, touched on the Bruce brothers. And for me, I'm a massive fan of Kenny. So he was my mentor with Agents Together. Nice. And when they first started, so this is before it even Uh, It was just like a concept. And I sat down and I spoke with Kenny and he's saying, yeah, we're going to be on, you know, we're going to have TV adverts. We're going to be in the radio. I thought this guy's just spinning me a line to get me on board. Um, But it it, it did transpire. And you know what? When Kenny was uh, Kenny and obviously Michael, they'd obviously set up that leadership and that concept. It was a disruptor to the market, wasn't it? Everybody was talking about it, but not as negatively maybe I would say at that stage I think very people were very weary of how it was going to take off and then obviously there was change of ownership and everything as well and I think that it's there's been so many ups and downs in the purple bricks journey but people always been looking engaging and seeing what is doing what is not doing people hating them people saying they're going to you know ruin a state agency and x y and z and I think for me you know you have to be able to respect your competitors. I think that that is key. Um, but in terms of our job and what we do and being able to make sure we deliver for the customer, it's. Be, I think that for me, it's the, the part when we've actually sold the property and you go through the, the sales progression, the conveyancing, that's a massive piece in agency at the moment is being able to get those transactions across the line. And I think that's, for me, that's the part that falls down but that's probably one of the most valuable elements as well of course being able to get the the best price for your vendor absolutely and having that duty of care to your purchaser as well but to be able to cross the line that shouldn't be underestimated and I think that's where we have historically come into issues when we've been obviously working with purple bricks in a chain for example Um, but I think I'm a massive believer in being able to make sure that you you get what you pay for, definitely. And I know what Joe was saying, that right move of obviously picking their prices up, but agents are putting it down. There are some crazy fees that agents are doing at the moment. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so to throw this back in the mix, you know, the commissary and this, that, and the other back in the loop, I think it's going to be a really interesting time to see um, how long that survives, really. But I know we have yeah. the the cost of living crisis. There's obviously that appeal on that side because, you know, people are penny pinching, but you're dealing with your most valuable asset. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I completely, um, completely agree. The selling is such a small piece of what we actually do. The marketing and achieving the best price is, of, of course, it's essential. But there's a lot of arguments to say that you can almost you can systemize that piece so that if you do it effectively once, depending on property and, and consumer type, you can more or less do that again and again and again. I said it, I say it almost every episode, two years ago, my seven-year-old could have sold a property. You know, in an upwardsly moving market, yeah. properties, you know, do a lot of the work for you. It's when things get tough you really own your crust. But the the conveyancing, there's just I just don't think agents talk about that anywhere near enough. The conveyancing mm-hmm. process and the skill and the expertise and the experience required to do that effectively, that's the stuff that nobody wants to do. But that's, for me, where all the value comes in. That's where you, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we call it, the you know, we think the consumer really is looking for peace of mind. They want to make the right decision. You want to give them peace of mind that we're going to, you know, I don't like terms like hold your hand. I also don't like the idea of being available 24-7. I think I'm, I'm massively concerned about, as a species, what we've become. Like, I need to be on my phone. You, you know, it's okay. It will still be there tomorrow morning. We don't need to do it at 9 p.m. at night. But we are there to hold their hand. I think that is important that we give you that peace of mind, that security. And in the interest of balance, I would say I've dealt with just as many high street agents, corporate agents, independent agents who are horrendous at command. Oh, I totally agree. And, like you said, it's
2: not, it's not just a purple bricks. And yeah. you know what? They've got some amazing prop tech. Chris was touching on it earlier in terms of the importance and significance. I think it is cutting edge, you know, in terms of some of the things that they do, that is pretty amazing. But then you also think, well, do you actually need a human as well, equally so?
3: Chris, what do you think? Do you need a human? hundred percent. A hundred percent, right? I think there's some really interesting stuff I've been seeing on AI when people offer and automatically will read their MIPs and see what they could go up to, and it will look at their social um, economic profile and match them, and it, it's another level, right? And actually, I think... Um, we need to educate ourselves one for what's coming but two on getting better as an industry as a whole I've never done an estate agency exam in my life right I once turned up to one had a pissed off vendor ring me and I thought oh I could lose this and this is a five gram field what it was back in the day so I swerved it managed to keep the vendor sweet um away we go Obviously, property
2: I was... mark can qualify you just an FYI Chris
3: no I know shameless
2: Bye. plug there
3: yeah, shameless plug. I hope to get a discount. And um, but look at me as an agent trying to get a discount on my face. <laughs> but the um, licensing is huge, right? And it's an, it'll be another barrier to entry. And I'm I'm so um, for it. I mean, I educate myself on the stage. Whether it's listening to Tom Ferry or whatever. So maybe slightly different to regulation. In fact, my office don't let me put my own properties live because I'm. I'll go, Christian, put the ML on. And i like, no, it's coming. Um, but I guess I guess where I'm going is the we need to evolve an as an industry as a whole, and I, I'm certainly guilty of this, is, is educate ourselves, but actually educate the client um, to allow them to self-discover what the right decision is. Because twenty-something-year-old Chris, I would have picked Purple Bricks. Why would I pay? You know that guy in a shiny suit um, with his personalised number plate and his golf mark Type R um, that's going to come around my house and and tell me you know he can get X, Y, and Z. I can sell. You know, I'm, I was a city boy at the time. I really backed myself. I don't need these estate agent. W- <laughs> um, well, the front, why,
0: the front of this one, eh?
3: Wait, but I tell you what. When I go out, and when you guys go out, and we we pitch, there is a perception of that, right? And it's actually the DD, the back end. Is so important. We got chipped a hundred grand on our house a week before exchange that so we we sold around the corner before we bought this magnificent one. And <laughs> um, so we went back and we fought tooth and nail on the um, the home buyer's report. We spoke to the electric board. We got um, a, a survey done, etc. And we managed to bring that back. Right um, now, I tell that story when I pitch because I'm like, this is the level we go to. Would um, an agent charging 0.75% gone done that or they've gone listen chris you know the survey's a bit bad it's been downvalued valued well, when it hasn't because you know you probably need to to you know meet them halfway we went to war for ourselves and that's how i go for the client but i can't do that if i'm low fee and if i'm matching against pb and one of the things uh for me when i um Decided to sell my first business. It's gone on to do amazing things. I've been selling a whole shout out DM and co. Well done, Dom. Um, but one of, I went out and I pitched. I remember the guy said, listen, you can have it if you match purple bricks. Boards, breed boards. It's on a really good street. I can't lose another one to PB. Um, yeah, I'll do it. I didn't, I hadn't script practice. I didn't know what scripts were. I just used to turn up and I was that bad. I'd be like, listen, if you want to sign a contract, great. There's no pressure from us. We're not a pushy agent. What an idiot, right? <laughs> Um, and I matched it, but uh, more for me. What what an idiot, right? If you don't know what your value proposition is, you can't clearly articulate it and get buy-in, then you might not want every vendor that wants to go with PB. That's fine. But if you you can't let the the public have to understand the difference between a fiduciary, I don't necessarily like the word bespoke, but an agent that's going to play all out and go to war and get rewarded for it versus someone that just, chucks it on right move and and leaves it one final piece i know i'm a waffler the data play is very interesting Syrup
0: everywhere syrup absolutely (laughs) everywhere on this episode
3: Um, the data play for those guys is incredible because they've got x years worth of data i don't quite know how many of, of the british public and if they can produce do some predictive analytics of who's likely to move you know the every seven year piece um and then offer third party referrals i think that's where the players personally and why whilst the fees are being dropped. Um, if you can get, you know, for every query that comes in, you throw them on, um, an automation program, two in 10 of those go over to your mortgage provider and they convert say one or three in 10 and they convert one. There's a lot of, there's a lot of prop fees there. So, uh, they don't necessarily care. I don't think. And, and can they turn that ship around? It'd be scary if they do. I'd say,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, data completely agree that's it without question. That's the reason they purchased a business. The larger estate agency business supposedly use a state agency for financial services driven business because that's where the real money is. So, yeah, it makes complete sense. What I'm going to throw back at you though is irrespective of whether you're a low fee agent, be it Purple Bricks or someone else. I'm not necessarily sure it's the incentive that determines whether they're going to do what you did on your sale to pull that 100k back. I think there's plenty of agents out there that charge, let's say, a reasonable fee. They still don't go to war. They're still not doing everything in their power to get things over the line. Maybe that's about business structure. And, you know, you've got the employed by self-employed argument now. But I'm not I'm honestly not sure whether it's incentive driven, because if it was, wouldn't our fees be higher in this country? If there's a quality of agent out there, you know, my goal, what's my goal to try and get agency in the UK to 4%? And people say, you know, like a genuine conversation. Everyone in our town, I want them to increase their fees. Every single agent in the town where we work. Why are you telling them our tricks? Why are you telling them what we do? Well, they're not tricks. They're just standard practices but because if our neighbor is better it allows us we if we try and charge 4% right now we look like lunatics so we've got to drive everyone up but yeah you know, if it's if it's incentive driven why aren't we in a better position right now
3: i'm pl- i'm not jumping and plug the self employed here um, and this isn't a case across the board but this is my take uh, high street agents um in an employed model the neg that sells it will be getting Five to ten percent, sometimes fifteen of the fee, right? If the fee's one percent, in that instance, whether they got or, or a different instance, let's say whether someone gets two point two million or two point one, the bottom line to the neg is ten 10% percent of one hundred k. Yeah, yeah, right. Is is absolutely pennies. It's it's not that much by the time it's pulled up, but ultimately. The KPIs, I think, set on that. Meg, like, oh, you need to get your thirty exchanges a month. Thirty exchanges a month. Well, the, one of the beautiful things about the self-employed or the business owner, whatever you want to call it, model, is um, the difference on that. Let's say it was a two percent fee. It's a chunk. It's a chunk of change, right? But also, reputationally. Vendor in that scenario would have been guided and given advice. They would have gone, yeah, to be honest, we were chipped and we did think it was a bit high or whatever else. They wouldn't necessarily realize that they're leaving that 50K on the table um, in some instances. The self-employed guy only eats if they're referred, right? And and they need to get referral business. So I know that in that situation, if the vendor wasn't my wife, right? Um, And good job it was. But it was someone in any of the houses around here they would be telling everyone Do you know what Chris he played all out right I know he doesn't have a high street premise and his you know his office is in central London or wherever else um but I me mean, he 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 delivered because the difference to me I get the majority of that fee so independent businesses watching this might go oh well that's not the same you know we're different and I, I fully fully get that. um the, the differences and nuances to all of them and I know different models like f and c pay next well I, I know it's all completely different but on the whole i think the person that values it versus the person that sell it are, are different and uh, the, there's no incentive for that for that agent to go to war but there is for a self-employed agent
0: so all i would say so we, we in our business we have employed self-employed and business partners we've got three different models so we're not i wouldn't regard us as experts in all three but i would still argue that that example that 100k chip the counter argument is: Does the self-employed agent who's got a huge chunk of fee on the line do their best to convince the seller to accept it because it gets the fee, or do they go to war with the buyer to try and get it up back to where it should be and get the right price for their, their client? And uh, you know that that's yeah. You know, there's a, there's a moral piece there, which is a whole different podcast. But I'm conscious of time, so Joe, i right turning to you. Yes.
2: Just before Jay goes in, I just wanted to say that um, as somebody that does work, not for a corporate and kind of middle ground, we would still fight for the best price. Just saying. And I think the
0: best agents agents in the country would, irrespective of model, irrespective of fee point. You know, I've met loads of good agents, loads of really nice, good people that charge low fees. And I'm like, okay, you know, Let's help you get that fee up because you're a good person and you have capability. You just you potentially come from an environment or you've been raised in a way that's allowed you to believe low fees is the way to go. They just need some support there, I
3: think. I've got to push back, though. Everyone in theory says they would. And I, in theory, would have done at my old high street. I wouldn't have had three days to do all the things I needed to do. Imagine if I turn around to my uh, Yeah, there's, at yeah, time it's a there's volume issue. Save this. So everyone in theory would want to, they wouldn't have the ability to, whereas you would do in a self-employed model. Yeah, the
0: I mean, and for me, that is one area where a state agency in the UK is a very difficult proposition when it's about volume, because you're you just onto the next one, onto the next one, and the customer service piece does get stretched the bigger you get, and that that can become a challenge. But um, Joe, I really wanna I wanna give you about 34 seconds.
1: Thanks. So, Purple Bricks, 999, That there, there will always be a chunk of the market. There will always be sellers who just want less agent for less fee. There will always be, though. They will always have people that just want to pay as little as possible. Um, another analogy for you, it's a bit like airlines, you know. There, will, there are people out there who want less service when they fly for less money, Ryanair. And particularly with the background of uh, the, the CEO, the new CEO of, of Purple Bricks in the FS world, I think Chris is right. I think the nine 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 fee is probably the sprat to catch the mackerel, and they'll be they'll be cross selling and upselling all over the place with that just to make it work. Um, but my view on the people that want to pay nine nine nine. I do agree that the education of those people if we had a chance to sit in front of them i'm sure we're all good enough to to sort of convert them around to pay more for a full service agent like us um but let them have them you know if if people want to pay that much let them have them um i'm just going to i think we all need to just keep doing what we're doing and make sure that we are the full service agent of choice and they could be the little to no service agent of choice it's fine
0: what a lovely line. Keep doing what we're doing. There's so much. What get there? better at what do we're that? doing. People are obsessed with what's going on elsewhere. They just yeah. yeah, you're right. It's just such a good line. Just guys, <laughs> shut up with the keyboard warrior nonsense and get back to work. I don't have time to be doing any of this stuff. You've found time to write a nasty comment. Get on with life. <laughs> um, the irony in some of the comments you see, although they are good entertainment, I would say, Um, All right. So normally we do three subjects. We've got a hard finish in five minutes and we've obviously got Chris Buckler on today. So um, there was absolutely no chance. So we're going to go straight to a clip that I'd like to share with you guys from um, Sam Agents Together. He has um, taken the viewpoint from um, some of the mentees that need some support, additional support this week. And so we're asking you three, esteemed guests, how you would support or what advice you would give. So I'm going to be quiet so you can hear it, which is nice for you. I'm sure.
3: Hello, past the syrup guests. Now, this week's question from Agents Together mentees is: What advice would you give someone if they were struggling with their confidence on camera?
0: Okay, was that clear? confidence no. on camera
3: yeah.
0: no. <laughs> he
2: looks fabulous and i love Sam i could not hear anything he was saying
0: couldn't hear it though, sorry solid okay <laughs> we'll deal with that post production so um what advice would you give um agent uh, agents who are struggling with their confidence on camera now because of time you've got 30 second each 30 seconds each uh chris i'm gonna start with you because literally 30 seconds and we know what you're you're like so
3: go no one gives a shit about your first video. You'll look back at it in 10 years' time and cringe. I think Josh Rayner sent me one of his, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But guess what? Josh has done really well because it's about consistency. Get an accountability partner, someone that you are genuinely a bit scared of, not your mate that's going to let you off, and just start doing them once a week and then twice a week. Um, But do them. You will die as an agent if you don't get yourself on camera in the next couple of years.
0: Very nice. Very good. Chris, that's not bad. 37 seconds. Uh, Alex?
2: Like Chris said, consistency, just do it. Have no fear. Don't give a hoot about what anybody else says. You can get some really good gadgets on Amazon for really cheap as well that just makes the quality that bit better. But I would just say be consistent and don't worry about what anybody thinks. Get yourself out there.
0: Crack on. But crack on. Wow. Rock up. do with lads. Crack on. Just just it, lads. <laughs> crack on. Um, go on in, Joe. Big finish. Same thing, I mean I'm one of them, right? I,
1: I don't particularly enjoy being on camera. I don't do an awful lot on camera. The guys in, in the team do, and even the people who have really almost not joined the business because of the need to do video, speak to them now. They love it. So it's like it's like everyone says, you just got to keep doing it. And the more you do, you just all those concerns you have just melt away. Just the more you do, just keep doing it. Take any opportunity you can to do any you know, be in front of the camera. And you just get more and more confident the more times you do it. Chris said that you'll look back in 10 years. I think you actually probably look back after five videos and you already spot things yeah. in the first one. You think, oh, that wasn't great. I could have done that differently. But you've just got to do. Just just crack on with it.
0: Very Jay, good advice. On. Thank you. Wonderful. Smashed it, you three. Um, you're so good on camera three, even with those backgrounds. No holding <laughs> against you. Um, okay. We're, we're gonna we're gonna go real, real fast. So um I ask every guest about one great agent they've worked with or they're aware of, they think's brilliant. And I think it's really nice to highlight great agents to agents around around the country, all 12 of them that will watch this episode. Um, And it gets a bit of a spotlight on people that are doing good things. We now have social media, so we can follow them. We can see what they're doing. Um, And then as part of talking about a great agent, the other thing we ask is one great piece of advice. You know, what you think agents should be doing right now? Maybe you can find a way to mesh them to do a mesh mesh them together speech impediment is an impediment um if you can mesh them together so we can get alex away in time um that would be wonderful joe um you look like you're pumped and ready to go with this one you look lined up i can't wait to hear the absolute best agent you've ever worked with is. Bearing in mind, you've got a full team that are going to be watching this. Lovely,
1: full team, and I have to say, hang on heart, I work with some of the best agents in the region, (laughs) and I mean that, I really, really do. But I've got two people I want to mention here because both are agents, both are mentors of sorts, um, and both have been to see us to give to give the whole team uh, some of their training and insights. One is Johnny Hanford, uh, the lanky the wow. Midlands. John Hanford, absolutely loved the bloke, uh, one of the best finer country agents in, in the network, uh, p- probably one of the best agents in the country. Um, the reason I love Johnny Hanford is because he's all about raising, he's raising standards, first and foremost, raising standards within the industry, and he's so generous with his time and knowledge and sharing Everything that he and, and his team have learned over the years and just learning from people like that is, is great. And he w- was kind enough to spend a few days, also very hot days down here in the Y Valley with us. Um, and the team really benefited from that. There's a difference between sitting in a training session from a trainer and a training session with an agent who is genuinely out doing it every day. And the other one, teacher's pet, is you, Ben. you know, <laughs> For the same reasons, all the same reasons, um, you're you're really going out there and sharing best practice, putting things like this together, all to raise standards. So anyone who is all for raising standards in the industry and is up for sharing their time and knowledge with other people, um, you know, is it, great in my eyes. So yeah, you, you and Johnny Hanford.
0: What a double axe, me and Biggin. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're absolutely bang on. John's okay, but yeah, I'm absolutely a dog bollocks. Um, just um <laughs> great piece of advice. Anything around, maybe it's around training. What should agents be doing? Um, if, you're, if you're putting videos out, sitting on a stool,
1: a um, full portrait video sitting on a stool, just be careful <laughs> of uh, any camel toe that might be on show, although it was a big hit with the ladies. But um,
0: yeah, uh, that's <laughs>
1: I did and get to explain wonderful. it a little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, my
0: wife will watch this playback because she started listening to the podcast and I don't think she was aware of that camel so incident. <laughs> so it's enough, thanks Joe.
3: Um, uh, Chris? I'll be quick, obviously I'm not going to say any of the agents kind of in my world or network um, other than my wife, she's a brilliant agent. If oh my God, you two. I know, tell me about it. Um, Aww,
2: that's nice.
3: Um and she is she genuinely is great, but I would say um Gilbert and Rose, the boys over in oh, Essex yeah, Yellow Army. What I like about um Perry and Spencer is they genuinely care about our industry, they're doing big things, they share their stories, um, and they're just really nice blokes. So hats off to them. Um YouTube is your best friend. I, you know, stop watching Netflix or Love Island or whatever, you know. there's tom ferry tom panos just type in real estate scripts whatever half an hour a day and you'll you'll see your game just elevate you really well
0: very good yeah i I like those guys as well their their content is brilliant um and they've just I i feel like they've built their business around video in what like 18 months two years they've just exploded phenomenal business um alex big finish what have you got for us
2: So I can't mention every member of my team, but they are all the best agents ever, (laughs) obviously. But I'm not going to pinpoint because they're all brilliant. But somebody that I've been working with um, on a one-to-one basis is Carly Wilson. So she is EXP and she is absolutely phenomenal. Been in the industry over 16 years. And I really love working with her and speaking with her. I find it really inspiring in terms of the work that she's doing independently. And you have to really think outside of the box because it's all on you. And I really admire that. I think that there's I think that there's so much value to the customer as well. But for me, I learned so much from her as well. So for me, Carly Wilson, go and follow her, she's bloody brilliant. Um, advice, um, more so just in life rather than estate a, a- state <laughs> rather than a state agency. Just be you, authentically you. I think that there's so many people that are very aware when it comes to like social media, being able to have this perception of themselves or what their organization thinks. It's like just do you. That is key. And if people don't like you,
0: sodom. Sodom. Absolutely. <laughs> sodom. Yeah, Alexis, you 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 speak so nice. I really thought we were gonna get a swear <laughs> word out of
2: you there. No, I'm definitely I'm on my best behavior.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a semi-corporate world. You you can't get away with some of the language that, that we can get away with. So I understand what we're coming forward. G- guys, has been brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, Everyone we've just talked about will be in the um, the copy, the show notes underneath. So people can follow them. People see what's going on. Alex, we'll put your, um, where people need to vote. Can we post yes, that? Please. Something like that? Yes, yes
2: definitely. Um, I'll send you the link.
0: Thank you very much. Dream
2: so... <laughs> I'm going to have to go because I have to be on a call like four minutes again.
0: So, guys, thanks Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Over to Whimsical Watkins for the sign out.
4: The key to success in a state agency is playing the long game. The shortcut is the long game. Success doesn't happen overnight, but rather in a series of small, consistent steps. Getting the process in place and things will inevitably come to you over time. It always looks like someone else is winning, but don't compare the moments of their success to others that are only just growing like yourself. The path of success is a marathon, not a sprint. Keep running your race and eventually you will cross the line in first place. Play the long game. Think years ahead, not weeks and months ahead. A high return on investment isn't quantity, it's quality. Short-term profits, short-term listings, pie charts, all great in the short-term, but long-term value is where it's at because this is important. If you can use the long-term personal branding and everything else that you can do, you can be an attraction agent. And when you're an attraction agent, landlords prospect you, vendors prospect you, not the other way around.